Titans Beast World is the first event to end in 2024, and we've got a lot of thoughts about it. It comes to a conclusion that might surprise you, but it also might not. Uh, didn't surprise me. We've got five. That's a lot. Actually, that's a lot less. How many? Five books on tap for today. We've got the aforementioned Titans Beast World number six. Kid Cuddy's Moon Man number one. Dead X-Men number one. Incredible Hulk number eight. And Avengers Twilight book two. You guys have voted this into the show twice now, I think. So you really like it. You really, really like it. Actually, we might have we might have reviewed the first one of the yeah, show. That probably. We did, yeah, we did. All right. Well, you voted it into the show this week. So uh, but it won in a landslide. You're enjoying it. We are too. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Appreciate you whether you're live or otherwise. Kale's here. What's up, hot dog? So's Tyler. I could go for a hot dog right now, real bad. And I'm Sean on a Marco list Thursday. Which you mean a Thursday? There you go. Let's dive into the first book as the world ends in my background. Titans Beast World, written by Tom Taylor, with art by Ivan Reese doing his uh his DC Swan song for now. Uh, with art by Lucas Mayer and Eduardo Pensica, excuse me, Danny Mickey, Lucas Mayer, and Julio Ferreira on inks. Colors by Brad Anderson and Romulo Fajardo Jr. Brad Anderson, I assume, also doing his DC Swan Song. Um, Wes Abbott on the letters. So, you know, Titans have been embroiled in this huge mess with Beast World where we last left off. We got this huge revelation, spoilers, you know the drill by now, that um, Raven's demon half, or the demon that is in the gem that Raven has, uh, is has been made manifest and has been Dr. Hate the whole time. The whole damn time! And so they have to contend with that and deal with the threat of the beasts and prevent the million the million man murder that Waller was trying to throw down uh, at the end of the last issue. And uh, yeah, by the end, I mean, we're singing Kumbaya. Somehow this whole thing is, is solved and everybody is happy and fine. And uh, something's weird with Raven. What'd you guys think of this finale? I can't believe the only thing Superman did was lift something. Oh boy. Um I like Tom Taylor's writing. But like I, I, I think he did a much better job at this in Deceased and in Dark Knights of Steel. I think the restrictions of having to write an incontinuity story are evident here. And the fact that everything ends up wrapping up cleanly, which should sound like a good thing. Um, but this story just fizzles out, and we're just kind of back to where the book began. 
Like nothing mm. of note happened, of consequence happened really. Like there's no change in the status quo. There's no major no obvious death. change in the status status quo. Yeah, exactly. No obvious change. Not even like we get, you know, a tease for a continuation of Titans, but like this could have just been issues of Titans, I feel, at this point. Because nothing really happens for the greater world of things. Um yeah. it looked good. I'll give it that. I think it was a pretty ass you know, comic. And I don't think it was a bad comic either. I just thought it was kind of a nothing burger. Yeah, the way this... I I can't believe this is wrapped up in one issue. Like, they, they give uh, Donna Troy this suit, and that's it. Like, they just... Figure it out. I, I, I felt I felt like this was a, a surprisingly strong ending, for what has come before. But you know, I I I joked about it before Tyler spoke, but like, we have, big guy Superman, right here. And we talk, you know, we've talked about this the whole time, and he doesn't. That's it. He's just on the page. I I just I, this is issue this is issue six of Titans or is this, this is issue six of Titans Beast World. This is issue six of Titans Beast World, the event. Right, the event. Okay, yeah. Um That's fine. I'm glad it's over. I'm a little bit surprised the league I sort of thought the league would step in to be honest what in the previous five issues gave you the impression that that would happen well just that they would be like okay y'all clearly can't handle this yeah um I don't know I mean I there were some things that I liked here this probably Probably my favorite or second favorite issue of this event. Last issue I thought was pretty solid. Um, you know, this one continues to do the things that I enjoyed from the prior issue. I like the conversation between Nightwing and the president. You know, Nightwing is good in this role. He's good in the role of the guy that's going to, you know, come to you hat in hand and just have a conversation and sway you with his heart. And I thought that that was really good. And, and Tom Taylor does a really good job at that. Um. But every and, and also I should I want to keep to what I like. I also really like the the encounter with Dr. Hate. Um, I like seeing the Titans have a named enemy to fight. You know, uh, Wally got a good a good little moment where he just steals the the helmet. He just he just, you know, comes and grabs it. Um, I, I enjoyed that that stuff. But the event certainly wraps up. Far too cleanly. I mean, they even get uh, Gar back. And immediately. That, yeah, that came out of nowhere. You know, normally in these kinds of events, you get like a major death. And I thought, okay, well, he's gone for. But not only is he not dead, I feel like they kind of. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe not. Maybe the book actually solves this. But my initial thought while reading it was that they've not only did he not die, 
but they restored him back to the weird <laughs> space he was in before where he needed therapy because he was so like traumatized and and hurt um we saw that explored in one of the power girl i think it was the power girl minis. after he was shot right um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I that bugged me a lot. I really felt like that would have been a great character move uh, for Beast Boy. You know, we get to see like a zombified Beast Boy or whatever, and, you know, we can sit with that for a minute and we can want our Beast Boy back, you know, and they can figure it out and they can, oh, wow, how do the Titans get into space to get? a starro claw or whatever i did find that like we had what a page of donnie from the wild thornberries beast boy just like this feral kid yeah um and then they just why bring that up if you're going to wrap it up two pages later it just seemed a, like a strange beat it it kind of threw me off balance it was it was almost like tom taylor realized oh wow this was too easy and so he inserted this little bit of like Oh man, no, he came back wrong, giving them yet another thing to quickly solve. But instead of allowing that to be an arc that plays out in Titans that causes me to want to buy the book, he just solved it right here. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna be surprised I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this, but I would have preferred more pages about what Amanda Waller's doing because her stuff just nothing happens there either. Like she has a bit of a speech and the president might be on her case now, but like there's no peek at what's to come there well but even you know nightwing walks up to the president and says hey you know who i am you know what pull i have you know you can trust me waller's up to shit and nothing happens like waller still gets to make this speech and everything's hunky-dory in her life yeah yeah i mean you know, even even them giving the suit to to Donna Troy was cool, and I had no issue with that at all. But one, once I saw it, and I, I can't be the only person who thought this. Once I saw it, I was like, "Whoa, hold on. This isn't the first thing they did, right?" <laughs> That's how I felt about everything. Like if they they found out that the the spores were targeting the strongest people immediately. They're like, oh, they're jumping. It jumped from a from a civilian to Batman. All right, that was issue one. This super Superman plan couldn't have happened. Yeah, it seems it seems really obvious. Even if you don't realize that they're going after the strongest people, making it so that Superman and his power level individuals can fight this battle without having to worry about them being spored is just common sense. I feel like every other event I've ever read or or like any comic book event, how many times has Batman shown up to fight Mr. Freeze in one issue where he has a new suit or when Spider-Man is like, oh man, Electro is fucking me up. I need a, a, a suit that doesn't conduct electricity or something like that. Like that's so unbelievably common that I feel like just in universe, that's the first thing they would do. And I get that there was a lot going on. I understand all that. But I feel like they just have shit on deck. I don't know. And they have Cyborg on their team. Like, Right. He should have been locked up doing that in the first place. <laughs> like, Yeah. 
Uh, Marowak Escuro says, well, a new Justice League run was leaked accidentally last year in the Dawn of DC ad. Yes, it was. However, you may have noticed that things have changed since then. Because that Justice League leak is no longer on the Dawn of DC track, and it was removed. Um, and that's not the only thing that changed. So um, clearly DC has decided that they're going in a different direction, at least for now. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I pull for sure. I pull. Um, I had a good time reading this despite the, the knocks, you know, that, you know, look, the, the, the event is what it is. You either like it or you don't. I tried to focus on what I was enjoying and not as much on what I wasn't and what is, what I didn't enjoy is still there. Um, but I had an okay time. I had an okay time, especially after night terrors. I mean, after Night Terrors, yeah, I think this is a much better alternative. It felt more like a crossover than an event to me, if that makes sense. Just, like, the vibe of it. Dude, after Night Terrors, this is Secret Wars 2015. You know, this is is incredible after that. I would, I mean... I, I think, I mean, for me, the best part was the artist. You know, Ivan Race is great, but I think Pensica is is really good. And I'm excited to see what they have him doing, too. Hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, to be honest, whenever there are multiple artists on a book, I just, I don't even really try to differentiate them. And it makes it hard to talk about because unless they're markedly different, it's hard to say who's doing what, at least for me. So overall, I enjoyed the art, um, but I can't. I don't know where to assign who to what. I I can make out Ivan Reese, but that's about it. Yeah, I, but I felt like it it all blended together really well. Like I I didn't even notice that there were multiple artists until we read the credits and I actually looked at it. You right. know. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. The art throughout this event, I think, has been the best part. Yeah. Um, More than whether... I want you to say whether you pull or pass this, but beyond that, did this book, A, make you excited for the future of the Titans, and B, did it make you excited for the future of DC? Because I think that's what an event should do as well. Despite the event, I think the ending does make me excited for the sort of excited for the future of the Titans. Because I think I think sort of going to that well of evil Raven or possessed Raven or, you know, Trigon infused Raven uh is a great pull, especially in, in modern Titans. Uh, as for the future of DC, like this doesn't do for me. This doesn't do anything for that. Uh, no, <laughs> like I don't really know what the future of DC holds in terms of the greater universe status quo. This book doesn't tell me that. Doesn't answer that. Um, what I'm enjoying at DC right now is more of the standalone stuff, like Batman, Wonder Woman, Birds of Prey. It's kind of doing their own things. Um, mm. as for Titans, I think I'm still gonna keep reading it. Who, who's the artist on that now? That uh. 
that Scott is off it, of that. Do we know? I'm not it, sure. It might be Panseca, actually. Um, I'm going to keep reading it because I don't, I don't hate it. I don't love it. But I like it enough to keep reading it. I dropped Titans when I said I did on the show, and I have stuck to that. Um, and I didn't see anything here that makes me need to get back on the train, unfortunately. It doesn't feel – it didn't feel like the pre- premier DC book when I was reading it. And this event <laughs> didn't feel like the premier DC event, even though it's the only event happening. So, uh, no, I won't be going back to Titans. And I hope that through – you know, just general comic awareness and reading for the shows and things like that, I'll be able to piece together whatever it is I need to know for the next event, whenever that comes. Um, But, you know, we know now that there's a Hall of Order. That's something that was established here by Amanda Waller, that the Hall of Justice has been transformed into the Hall of Order. I don't know why I'm supposed to care. It doesn't matter who's there. The Justice League's not there. Um, And also, again, you know, the Nightwing spoke to the president and he knows, you know, Waller's up to shindigs. So how long is that going to last? Okay, well, if reality has told you anything, is the president can't do anything. So what does that matter? Well, but also, like, I'm supposed to sit here and believe the president would stop Nightwing from taking taking his mask off and revealing his identity and he wouldn't sell that immediately? The American president? That asshole would bomb Wayne Manor. Are you kidding me? There goes the expat again. Last issue of Beast World. You're pulling or passing on the event. Pass. It's a pass for me, yeah. Mm. Um, Like I said, I had fun. But do I recommend it to you, dear listener? Uh, from that perspective, I would I would probably say pass. I don't think there's anything here that you need to see. When you have DC events like Blackest Night, you know, Infinite Crisis, uh, this doesn't that doesn't that doesn't sit on the bookshelf in the same way. I feel it's a mid tier DC event. I've read I've definitely read worse. I've read worse in the last six months, but um, you know we've also read a lot better. So if you like Tom Taylor, if you're inclined towards his writing style, if you like the Titans. All that stuff, ignore us by the by the event. But if you're on the fence and you don't really know whether you're gonna like this or not, and you not the biggest Tom Taylor fan, other than the art, I don't know, and the heartfelt moments, which you know are peppered in, I don't know that there's anything here for you. If you don't care about the Titans, this is an easy pass because no one else gets to do anything. Yeah. 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 So another event in the books. Thanks, Hooray. DC. Yeah. well we've got a lot going on around our parts could almost say it's been an event for us we just did the dark knight returns book club which i feel like the book clubs now have become events Mm. and uh that went off without a hitch so thank you all for tuning in for that if you haven't given that a listen you know i i would say that I'll, i'll put out a challenge i would say that most people will come away from that book club with at least one thing about that event or about that book, The Dark Knight Returns, that they did not already know or think about. I would Mm -hmm. put that challenge out there. So if you want to take that challenge, go ahead and listen to what we said. And if you can tell me that you learned absolutely nothing from it, you're being honest, maybe we'll give you a prize. I don't know. 
Who knows? Maybe we'll we'll send you a copy of the book or something. Um, want to mention the Patreon? Patreon.com slash the comics pals, where we are always giving you guys some bang for your buck. We recently made some changes over there where we are now allowing all of the patrons to nominate a book for the Patreon book club poll. Um, all those details are available course on the discord server and the patreon page for absolutely free so check that out if you want watch this show live every single thursday at 6 p.m eastern saturdays at 10 15 a.m eastern uh this saturday we're going to be looking into the dceu which is now dead and we're going to be talking about the good the bad and the ugly of that era as we make way for the james gunn era of things are we all wearing black on Saturday? Is this a we're doing a eulogy for this? There's a chance. No okay. chance that I might do that. I mean, it would make sense, right? Are we mourning or celebrating? Could be like an Irish um, girl, you know. I guess that yeah. I guess that depends on whether your your cup is half full or half empty. Yeah, maybe I'll wear white. Okay, well that's a choice. Like a wedding. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, that's depressing for me then. <laughs> Uh, let's hit the poll. Let's hit the poll. The listener pick poll goes up every single Thursday at 5 p.m. And uh, let's see where we're at right now. So we've got uh, Action Comics 1062, which is winning right now by a landslide, 57%. The Displaced, number one. That's a new Ed Brisson joint. Uh, and that is right now at... 14%. We've got the Infernals number one at 7%, and Sinister Suns number one at 21%. So if you want to vote for what book you want us to review here on this show, you can add on over to youtube.com slash the comics pals under the community tab. Vote your heart out. Let us know what you want us to be reading next week on the show. Let's get into our next book. Let's talk Kid Cuddy Presents Moon Man. Moon Man. This is scripted by Scott Miscuddy, otherwise known as Kid Cuddy, and Kyle Higgins, who's been doing the Radiant Black, Radiant Red, Radiant whatever uh, universe for a while now. Makes perfect sense why he'd be involved in this. Uh, with art by Marco Locati, colors by Igor Monti, letters by Hassan Atman El Hau. Man, oh man, that guy is everywhere. Dude, I was, as I was reading this, um, the text changes into small and people are trying to be quiet. I'm like, oh, this is some good lettering. Is this Hassan? Yeah. Sure is. Yeah. <laughs> sure is. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Kid Cudi, obviously a well-known rapper. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure he does some some acting as well. So multi-talented, multi-faceted guy decided to, you know, dip his toe into the comic space. He talks about um, in the back, there's some back matter, how he has been a comic book fan. You know, he loves these kind of characters and stories, and this is his contribution to the space. I think teaming up with someone of uh, Higgins' stature as a writer, someone of Higgins', you know, skill level, makes for a, makes a, a pretty good, you know, pairing for a first issue. Uh, that being said, I wasn't in love with this. Um, it's a pretty simple, straightforward story. A guy goes, he's an astronaut of some kind. He goes into space on a mission. You know, they want to be the first people to touch down. 
um, and in, in some time. And the mission goes wrong. Something happens. And this guy's life is forever changed. He's got some sort of powers now. And he doesn't know why or how. Um, but he knows that he might have to use these powers for something. Or at least, you know, someone in his life tells him that he should. And there's a lot of implications about what could or could not be going on here. Um, that's about it, though. A lot of setup. I I like this comic. I didn't love it, but I liked it. Um, mm. And I felt it was kind of a long comic for, for what happens in it. Because nothing like we don't get very far in the story at all. Um, this is like a super decompressed origin story. <laughs> um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but I did think it, it chugged along a bit. I think there was the bit where um, he, our main character, goes into his home and talks to, I think, his brother. Um, and that felt like it dragged on for a couple too many pages, in my opinion. Um but I think the yeah. arts, the arts, compelling as hell, especially when it gets into the weird, trippy scenes that we don't really know what's going on. The, the, the Locati art, um, I think, it's also a little too trippy in the point where it, I kind of got lost a little bit in the art. Yeah. Um, which I don't know is if it's purposeful. I, it felt purposeful in the bits that are him flashing back to what happened to him trying to go to the moon. Um, <clears throat> but then it felt muddy in the parts where it's on earth and things are happening. Yeah. I'm with you there for sure. Especially where he, you know, toward the end where I guess we're led to believe that he puts on his suit and he becomes the, the moon man or whatever this is going forward. You know, it's, it feels very unclear to me what actually transpires there. I had to look back on that panel. I guess it's the panel of him looking at the helmet. It's yeah. a little too closed in the shot yeah. where I didn't realize it was a helmet until the context of the next page came in. Yeah. The whole, yeah, the whole, that whole sequence, this whole sequence that I'm holding up right here where there's some kind of like, you know, rally that gets, you know, there's police involvement and everything else. Like, I had to go through that a couple of times. I did not understand what was happening. Um, and I normally don't have to do that. I felt like the art was unclear. And that makes me worry about what this is going to be like in the future. Because this is literally the first issue. And, you know, I already don't. I, I'm already struggling to get the visual narrative of the book. And for me, I, I'm 100% with you, Sean. I think unclear is the right word. Mm. But for some reason simultaneously i still liked it um i think the orange that's that's that is the moon man's costume also first of all moon man great title just a good name um but the orange in it uh contrasting to all the cool colors that this book is um really yeah. help it pop out of everything um but yeah, it was unclear in some of the more fast-paced sequences. But there's like there's not even there's not even a there's not even a cool hero shot, you know, like you don't really I feel like you don't really get to spend any time actually enjoying the costume. Um or him 
how he looks in it. It's I don't know. Like yeah, this. It, I, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I was just gonna say it makes me wonder if it's something that you know is gonna be iterated on. You know, but right. you know, it's not. Or if it's like you know the Spider Man first costume, you know, with a ski mask and a sweater or whatever. But also, none of that is made clear. Yeah, and I sort of feel like because this is a new character, establishing the way that he looks and defining that in the first issue is pretty important. Like you could fuck around with Ultimate Spider-Man and do something a little wacky. Because I mean, it's Hickman, it's Spider-Man. Like people are on the hook. But uh, for this, I think getting over the visuals of the character is super, super important. And I don't think this book accomplished that. It didn't make me love and need to see this character in motion at all. Whereas if you look at Radiant Black, I actually had that feeling. Absolutely, I did. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I uh, I like the art, and I was just trying to figure out what this guy has done. And it seems like he's fairly new on, on the scene. So, you know, it's certainly not to say he doesn't have the talent, but maybe his shots you know marco's always talking about the 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 peak of the moment you know the absolute essence of what a moment can be and i wonder if this guy maybe just hasn't quite nailed that down for what this should be yet i think of when i think of that i think of like danny warren johnson who like can just nail the right point of movement to portray um and this one feels a little too it feels like i paused an anime you know, well, or or like an old anime cassette tape where you know when he's looking at the helmet, yeah. the tape skips and all of a sudden he's in he's on the street or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. just there's not enough information given. Yeah, um, there wasn't enough here for me, so I pass. Hats off to Cuddy for you know getting his character out there. I love that. You know, there's a musical component, which is pretty cool. There's like a um, you can go on the, the website, moonmancomic.com, and they're putting out new music associated with the book. And I love that, you know, innovation and doing cool things. But when it comes to just the quality of the work between the cover and the back cover, uh, I wasn't compelled enough to want to read the next issue. So I will pass. This one's hooked me enough for at least issue two. Um, but if it's more of the same for issue two, I might just wait to see what the buzz is about it. It's not completely off my radar, but it might be one of those like, oh, was there buzz about it? Maybe I'll check it out and trade. I think I feel the same way. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Dan says, I love when a first issue can drop you right into the middle of things. An origin story isn't always the best way to go. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. And I also feel like the point of conflict that's chosen in this issue doesn't it doesn't really if like it, it's sort of supposed to reflect like a blm versus the police type of situation things like that and like you know we've seen a lot of that already like there's been a lot a lot a lot of stories that have gone down that road especially really going as far back as occupy wall street so yeah. that's over a decade of stories that have things like this in it and uh, I wish that the central conflict of this particular issue centralized the character who we're supposed to care about more. 
it, it's it's almost like like you know how this is a weird thing to bring up, but you know you don't spend a whole issue dealing with like Uncle Ben's death. You spend an issue of dealing with Uncle Ben's how Uncle Ben relates to Peter and what Peter mm. decides to do in the aftermath of that. Like it's 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 action and it's fun and it's engaging and it's exciting. And this felt like the opposite of that. It feels like why are we even in this moment? Yeah. It yeah, it, it, especially at that point it felt a bit like we hadn't earned being there. Yeah. Cuz yeah. We didn't care. Yeah. Uh, Brian Jenkins in the chat said it'd be cool if Kid Cudi incorporates his comic story into his songs, similar to what Coheed did. I know. I know Sean likes a Coheed shout out. I love a Coheed shout out. Thank you for that comment, Brian. Taylor likes a Coheed shout out. Yeah. Count me out. Hey, well, how many fucking Coheed concerts have you been to? Huh? Hey, listen, I <laughs> No, but in all seriousness, uh, I think stuff like that is cool. Coheed doesn't have necessarily the exposure um that a kid cuddy does and i think if he were to do that it would it would create a more of a synergy between the books and the music but hey mm. they're going in their own direction i got no beef with that i just didn't think it was good um if it was good who cares what it's based on right but i well, agree it'd be cool one thing i will say about this is that it did not reek of celebrity makes comic to be an IP that they can be in a movie of. You know what I mean? Like, we did that that Tom Hardy uh, announcement at New York Comic Con and kind of what I feel like in Holy Roller. Um, I, I don't know. The I main think... character being a uh, self-insert's a little... Uh... Yeah. I didn't feel I mean, it. I didn't feel it in this one. I mean, but, look... it, but if you look at him, like, but you don't it... have to... That, yeah, that dude is cutty. Like, put him behind the comedy yes. bang bang keyboard. Like, okay, okay, all right. Um, yeah, you know, hey, it, this could work for you. It didn't work for me. It worked for Tyler. Kale yeah, liked it, so, um, yeah, maybe give it a shot. Let's talk about Dead X Men number one. Steve Fox who is, uh, you know, one of the hands that Marvel's been been giving some jobs recently. Um, Jonah Scharf, Bernard Chang, Vincenzo Caratu on art, Frank Martin on colors, Corey Pettit on the letters. There was a lot of speculation about what characters would even be in this. Mm -hmm. um, we were able to determine that these were the characters that were chosen for the X-Men during the Hellfire Gala, but then went on to die. They've been given a mission by Charles Xavier. You know, he's been trying to figure out how they can stop Moira and stop, you know, the rise of this uh, ultimate sinister dominion. And one of the ideas that he's come up with is to go and kill a Moira that hasn't yet um, developed powers or whatever. And so these mutants are handling a part of that mission and they're going through these different timelines to find a Moira that is appropriate. Um, and, you know, all kinds of, you know, multiversal chaos ensues. I'm going to be honest right out the gate. I am really tired of stories like this. I don't care about yeah. seeing all the different iterations of the, 
the different X-Men. I'm tired of that. We've seen that since House and Powers. Different versions of the exact same characters. And this isn't the only book that's doing that. There are multiple X-Men books on the stands at any given time, I feel like, that are showing us different versions of characters that we already know. And it's become a well-worn trope within the X-Men ecosystem. And I'm over it. On top of that, this is the end of everything. And we're still launching number ones about ancillary characters. This is supposed to be the end. Do I really need to see this mission? Like, is it that important? There's a literal page in this book, uh, two pages, that is just a big shot of a group of people in this alternate universe and has their names. And it's like a, a roll call real quick. But then they're never seen again. So it's like, why did you waste a whole page to show me that uh, Lockheed is now the leader of the Starjammers, and then it's not there cool. anymore. It just seems like, oh, wouldn't this be cool if? Yeah. Um, right. This book annoyed me. I don't think it was it was a it was a poorly made book. It just just showed me how how much I'm so checked out of X Men right now. Yeah. I'm just ready for whatever July has to bring. This, I'm done. Really. It's spun so far out of control. Like, they're just launching books to launch them. Like, what is the justification for this? I Like, I hate... I, I don't want to say. No one involved in the actual work did anything wrong. The craft is fine. I got no problem with the, with the content in that regard. But what is the reason why we need this book? I feel like Marvel puts out so much stuff. And when you know for a fact that so many of the readers are getting kind of tired of the Krakoan era, is there really a need to give us another new $5 number one? Mm. I have a theory. It's not going to justify it, and I don't see why they needed to make it a number one. Uh, But I think... This is all going to lead up to this extra, uh, this extra crazy Moira being the ultimate antagonist. Xavier is going to have to fight this Moira before everything is reset. Here's my issue then which book should I be reading to know what happens? <laughs> right. Like in terms, like, should I be reading uh, what it, it, Immortals not a thing anymore? Is it? See, I don't even remember uh, what well, books are. Up, listen, so. what <laughs> what I want Marvel to do, and what I know they won't do, is to dovetail it all in here, because our X Men are dying, and that would be clever. They won't, dude. Look, there's Resurrection of Magneto, Fall of the House of Powers, Rise of the Powers of X, okay? And then the Wolverine Sabretooth War stuff. Those are the four books, right? I got no problem with that. That makes sense to me. Those are the pillars of, of what we've been following. I get that. And then Wolverine. Wolverine's super popular, right? Sure, fine. And Wolverine's not even a new comic. It's a new event, but it's it's self-contained. And it's not a new number one. All the other new number ones, I'm cool with. I don't understand how this fits. Yeah. 
And how many storylines do I need to follow to understand the ultimate end of Krakoa? Like, so, is all of this that important? My other issue is that I've read Fall and uh, I read those two House of X yeah, books or whatever. Yeah. When did the resurrection come back? It did it. What do you mean? These guys died in in Hellfire Gala. And they talk about it at the beginning. Okay. Right. I, I was confused about that too. So how do they What's get back? Because it? it makes it oh. seem like they resurrected them. And then Xavier was like, hey, I need you to do this secret mission. And you could do it because everyone thinks you're dead. But like these people got torn to shreds. Like we saw them die. It was the big reveal of Hellfire Gall this year. Well, the handy dandy recap says <laughs> now, in a last ditch effort to stop the Dominion from ever forming in the first place, Xavier has enlisted the help of newly elected X Men members who were recently killed at the Hellfire Gala. So, to answer your question, Tyler, I don't fucking know. Because I'm reading the books and I don't know where it happened. <laughs> Maybe someone's got an answer for that, but I certainly don't. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, unfortunate. Uh,. Real quick, thanks to everybody that's tuning in. We'll hit some more comments here in a moment. Make sure you hit the like button. Super chats are open. Channel memberships are open. Anybody that feels like supporting, we appreciate you if you choose to do that. And thank you for commenting as well because uh, we love the lively discussions in the chat. Um, you know, I just, I just feel like, hey, I'm glad everybody's having a good time on the creative side of things with the end of the X-Men. But it, it, I don't want to say it feels like torture, but it feels like it's something that's being prolonged that really doesn't need to. And I genuinely feel like they're just trying to get every dollar out of the Krakoan era that they can. And that's a bad feeling to have as somebody who has been lockstep with this thing since day one. Yeah. I'm going to give a critique to the writing, actually, in this. Um, because obviously I think... The MO was like, hey, we need this team specifically because it's the same team that was in Hellfire Gala. But none of these characters have a voice outside of Cannonball has a southern accent. Sure. Dazzler doesn't feel like a Dazzler. Jubilee doesn't feel like a Jubilee. Uh, Frenzy doesn't say anything from what I remember. Uh, none of the characters feel like characters as much as they are X-Men, if that makes sense. Mm. They are just... Mm. They could be any X-Men, honestly. Commandos. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, because like, I like a lot of these characters, like as characters, and they just felt like playthings that just needed to be foot soldiers in this. I agree with that. Um, like, I guess if I, to comment on the, the, the work in, in, inside, um, nothing feels bad, but it feels pedestrian. And whereas I feel like whether you like the books or not, everyone else who's doing, you know, the rise, the fall, all those books are working at high levels where they're dealing with the biggest things that are happening within Krakoa. And we need those stories to be told because they are part and parcel of the end. And those creators have been the architects of this era since Hickman left. You know, how do we, how does that manifest in this book? You know, it feels like a book. It feels like a book you could do whenever with whoever, you know, there's nothing, no, there's nothing creative or nothing story-wise that necessitates this in my mind. 
So it's tough. Uh, <laughs> Style so serious says, Sean, these books ain't going to pay for themselves. Give Marvel that cash. I hear you. And let me tell you what. If you're a regular listener, you know I give them a lot of that cash. But it gets to a point where it does feel um, – I don't want to use the word predatory. That's a little – that's that's too far. But um, I just don't think we need this. And uh, I, I kind of wish I hadn't bought it, you know? Like, I didn't get anything out of this. I don't care about this Moira they're trying to get over. Like, I'm, they've, they've burned that storyline so bad to the point where I don't know that I need to see the character ever again. I'm over it. Pass. It's a hard pass for me too. Yeah, I I definitely if if my theory is correct, I definitely didn't need this book to get us there. You know. Yeah. Pass. Easy. Dan Trudeau says, how cool would it be in July if they went back to a basic book lineup like Uncanny X-Men, New Mutants, and X-Factor slash X-Force? Three critical books that feel like must-reads. Well, that's how this whole, for the most part, I mean, it was a, it was a core group of books, and I feel like it's expanded and expanded, and they expanded at times when they didn't need to. Like Dead X-Men, I think Steve Fox also had the, um, he did the Dark X-Men, I believe recently and that one's good like that one has character and has style to it and I, and I like that book sure sure then he gets a follow-up for no reason i think that's also yeah. why i'm a little more annoyed with it is because uh uh dark x-men felt like it had all that style and character to it and this is not that mm. feels dead <laughs> Well played. Uh, let's see. Always laughing said, damn, for as cool of a cover, the story does sound basic. Yeah, it is basic. And that is a pretty cool cover that Tyler has up. Um, but it, it, unfortunately, that is the case. It does it does feel basic. Maybe other people will enjoy it more than we did. Clearly, X Twitter had a good time with it, as Matt points out in the chat. But uh, it just wasn't our bag. Do they think it's good? Yeah. And, and I ask that as yeah. like not as a pejorative necessarily, but like they like it. Yeah. Okay. Well, Atomic are having fun. <laughs> um, Atomic Hound, channel member and patron, Double Dipper, says, "When do we get to Stakoa, John?" That's he's asking me. When am I going to show my stack? A regular thing here on the on the show. Uh, what am I going to show my stack of all the Krakoan era books that I purchased? If you really, oh. really, really want that, and you remind me when Krakoa is at an end, when when we are at the la- really the end, June-ish, I will do that. I will show yeah. my full Krakoan stack. Yeah, I this sounds that. dirty. Um, you really got a bag does. and board beforehand, Sean? Uh no. Do listeners know that? <laughs> why why would he? No, they don't. <laughs> they don't know that most of my comics are not bagged and boarded. Sean's a raw dogger. Well, not that's not actually true. Most of my comics are bagged and boarded. You just have never seen most of my comics. And it's also and, it, he bags and boards the stuff he likes. So 
I have uh maybe like eight or ten long boxes that are full of bagged and boarded comics. And then probably what would fit in about the same amount of long boxes or slightly less that are not bagged and boarded. So Will you include your copy of um, uh, Ten of Swords in that stack? This no, is for the whole era, right? No, that I'm was... gonna I'm gonna include I'm gonna include the individual issues. If you yeah. want to get into fucking Omnibuy, please. I got I got House and Powers. I had I have I have two Infernos and I have right. X of Swords. Or did we, no? We gave that away, did we not? I don't remember. Oh, you I think we did. Two yeah, I think we did. I, know, away. Yeah. I know you bought two Infernos. I think uh, I, I don't know, man. I think you gotta. I think you gotta do the whole stack. You gotta do floppies. You gotta do omnibus. You gotta do trades if you got them. I man, still have want- two infernals, so we never gave that fucker away. We gotta give that away. Who wants? We gotta it? do. We gotta Somebody, give that away. I'm anybody in the that. chat who wants it? Raise your hand. Inferno is good do- too. Yeah. Yeah, Inferno. No, I it, love Inferno. No, it was not. I, I had a great time with it. I, I had a blast. We're gonna give one of those away at some point. We, I got I got several things to give away. In fact, uh, Amin says nobody can go fan band for band against Sean when it comes to comics. That is not true. There are several people who can go band for band with me. And in fact, uh, Jeff Johns is one of them. Jeff Johns makes me look like a casual in comics. Band for band. I wouldn't make it past the first band because you know what he has? He has exclusive shit that I can't even contend with. His comic book collection is nuts. Who else has a broken comic book collection that we know about? What's this guy's name? Um, oh, man. Uh, Paul Levitz. Paul Levitz sure. has an incredible collection. Who is that one guy that I follow on Twitter? A lot of people follow him. He's like, oh, pulled this, got this for $5 through a bin. And I think it's like Aaron something. There's like some guy on Twitter who like has an insane collection that has a lot of follows. The dude I from- have to... But I was gonna say I have to imagine Hound as an absolute cave of oh treasures. Hound. I mean just off just off of like time as a fan I can yeah. never I can never contend no way I don't have the I don't have the years in I gotta get my numbers up Murphy says uh, I I used to be able to contend but then I dated a Latina and I got scared straight. True and Aaron Myers, yeah, yeah, a good follow on 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 Twitter and the social medias. Uh, a little infuriating too. He's like, "Oh, got this for fifty bucks, and it's giant size X Men one." I'm like, "What the fuck? Come on!" All right, let's talk Incredible Hulk number eight. This is the Spirit of Vengeance part three. Philip Kennedy Johnson on the words, and Nick Klein on the art did some coloring too. Uh, but had an assist from Matt Wil- Matthew Wilson, or maybe it's better to say that Nick, Nick Klein assisted Matthew Wilson, however you want to look at it, uh, with letters by Corey Pettit. And this is, man, first of all, I don't know about you guys, but this is my pick of the week. And this is, yep. I'm assuming, Tyler, you're about to say yes. You Confirmed, too. yep. Yeah. This is, this has been a phenomenal arc. And this issue didn't miss a beat whatsoever. Uh, last last time we left off with the the uh, this new enemy, the War Devil, entering into the Hulk, and you know we saw how crazy that was. 
And then in this issue, Hulk has to, um, tr- well, Bruce and Hulk have to try to get control again. But they have a little help from this undead ghost rider who has is my favorite. I never, I never had an idea to want to see a different kind of ghost rider until this. I never considered what else the ghost rider concept could be. And here's this other ghost rider that's just helping this young kid out just a sign to help this young kid and does nothing but that. And I remember the last issue we reviewed, I said, oh my God, this is such a cool concept. What if we got like a bad ghostwriter? And then they made that announcement about the hood. Mm-hmm. So this has been so cool. And this they, they sort of team up here to defeat this war devil, which has an awesome design. So crazy looking. Just um, pouring over that, just looking at how gross that thing is oh my god man talk about nick klein dude talk about nick klein just absolutely killing it on this on this series yeah i know how much we we talk about pkj and i think there's some real great pkj stuff in here um but this is a nick klein book through and through like this is like a coming out for people who are unfamiliar with nick klein's art like that there's that that sequence um where Hulk and, and, and this Ghost Rider do a God of War esque killing blow to this this monster. That's exactly what my and it was. Do. Oh, and the way you can follow it, like the the main like the first shot is a is the background for the panels, and then you look at the panels within that shot. Oh, it was so good. It was it was God of War meets Star Wars. They're 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 taking down an at at. Yeah, hell yeah, sick, just inventive, inventive, thoughtful action. Oh man. Even even like like some of the, the, the good PKJ bits coming here too with like uh the ghostwriter telling him, you know, like that girl's gonna be a problem for you because they're gonna come after her. You know, that comes that, that, that goes back to like the war world stuff with Superman and those two kids. It it's such a, a non uh I I it's such a non unique sort of trope. You know, oh, they're going to go after the kid. They're going to go after your loved one. But for whatever reason, PKJ and Nick Klein make it feel unique. Because this Hulk shouldn't care about this girl. Right. And, and then yeah. there's that bit where I read I read the previous issue back to back. So I don't know if it was this issue or not. Um, where he like squashes the girl and that quick thing where he like. Uh, he like he sees red and squashes her, um, and you're right. He shouldn't be with this kid. <laughs> it's, mm. it's antithetical to what the Hulk is. Maybe Banner, sure, but the Hulk is allowing it, and he's having fun with her in some ways. But it's not going to end up well for her. Well, and it 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 goes. It's the opposite way than it normally is, right? Like Banner is usually the one that would hang out with someone else. Right. But it's the Hulk that's, you know, in control and and Banner's the one trying to to run. And I really love that in the midst of all of this horror and violence, you know, there is this idea that children need to be protected. The ghost rider says when because they're fighting, you know, they're they're in this battle and he's got this kid in tow and the kid goes to try and grab a gun so that he can help. And Ghost Rider 
looks, you know, really like shocked, which it's hard to even show that with a ghost rider, but they pulled it off and says, no, I only came back to keep you alive, kid. This life ain't for you. Not ever. And it remind it gives me like, you know, it reminds me of Terminator. And it reminds me of that idea of like, hey, I have had to live through hell and I will do this. I'll I'll die on my sword. I'll take the sin hit. I'll do what I have to do. But you don't have to live this way. This is not the life for you. And I really appreciated that. You don't think of Ghost Rider even like that. It, it There's even an extension of it, of that teeny tiny moment in Dark Knight, uh, the Dark Knight Returns that we just did the book club on, where Batman is chasing the Joker in the funhouse, and the kid keeps saying that Batman's going to kick his ass. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, Batman says, hey, watch your language. And it's like, <laughs> it's not, you know, it's not, it doesn't quite go to the heart of that. Yeah. But like, that's also what it feels like at the same time. Yeah, man, this is great stuff. Yeah. Um, Dan says, I just read the first PKJ PKJ arc on this book and didn't love it. Like I thought I would, it was fine, but maybe my expectations were too high. So what I would say to that is the first arc actually did not all the way light me on fire. It's really been since then that I feel like the book found its footing more so and has developed into something that's truly incredible. So I would encourage you to stick by it if you are so inclined. This is one of the Marvel books that I feel like is worth the money. It is delivering every week, every month on the promises of the book. And it's it's surprising me. It exceeds my expectations every month so far. And, you know, as much as we love Immortal Hulk, Ewing's run on that, um, formative run for the Hulk. Um, this feels like it has a lot of that, but much simpler. Ewing's uh, Immortal Hulk got a, gets a little heady, a little too out there at some points. I think it, mm. I think it eventually it, it evens out. But this feels just so much more straightforward. Yeah. We got a lot of you tuning in right now. Thank you so much for choosing to spend your Thursday evening, afternoon, night with us. We really, really appreciate that. I wanted to target this uh this like lore page and talk about that real quick because this was awesome. And you know, Marvel has been doing a lot of like the data pages in the Krakoan era, which I neglected to mention with the last book, but boy oh boy, did I hate that one. Um, but this this here was like a lore page that explains this the the war devil, the war devil's origin, the genie de Gaal. Um and Yo, I loved this as an entry. You know, there is no time or space to deliver this information throughout the art. So instead of doing that, just give us one page. Yes, it's prose, but you read it and you understand who this villain is, who this enemy that they just dispatched is supposed to be. I love that. It feels like a Dungeons and Dragons like bestiary type thing. Yeah. Where it's just a here's this monster. Here's what the monster's about. Yeah. Pick of the week. Easily. Yep. I think so. Pick of the week. Fantastic. The listener pick of the week is our last book this week. Avengers Twilight book number two. Chip Zdarsky and Daniel Acuna are the storytellers here with letters by Corey Pettit. 
This issue follows up on the last one. Cap is back into the swing of things. He's he's gonna Steve Rogers is gonna Steve Rogers again. And he faces some backlash from his new girl, uh, who doesn't want this. And in a scene that reminded me a lot of Civil War, um, we have the president talking things over with uh the son of Tony Stark, what's his name? Jimmy Stark, Johnny Stark. Um Whatever his name is. Yeah, like the brother yeah. of Jarvis, right? Isn't like Jarvis. And the brother, brother of Jarvis, yeah. I think. Yeah. The son of Jarvis, yeah. whatever. Uh, it's the son. It's always the son and brother and sister and cousin of everybody. It's like it's like the Disney direct to video sequels. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but they they basically tell the president that they're gonna deal with Steve Rogers, which if you're if you've been in this game for long enough, that has to make you think about the final page of Civil War number one. Where it's Yellow Jacket and uh, and Tony and Mister Fantastic, I think, who are standing there and say, "We'll take care of of Steve Rogers." So that immediately brought me back to that, and it's clear that they're building up to some sort of a civil war here because Cap and Luke and all of them are assembling their people, but clearly the other side of the coin has an army as well. They've got their set of Avengers, so it's setting up one big clash. But the key of this issue is Steve comes to realize after giving a speech, you know, they put all this effort into getting him into a position to speak on national television and no one gives a shit. He doesn't realize the extent to which the world has changed and isn't necessarily interested in his message anymore. At least not the way that he's delivering it. It's old fashioned. It's got that kingdom come Superman vibe to it. Yeah. My so I, I I like this issue a lot, but I think my issue with that that key point the the cap, um, speech and then no real movement from it, is that we don't really see that. It's like told to him like oh well it's not working for you. It almost feels like uh, uh and maybe this is on point, but like a politician just getting news from their staffers. Um, where I feel like that might have hit a little more if I could see people. The people in the audience maybe not clicking with it because mm. uh, in my head I'm like why <laughs> why aren't people you know listening to him what's their perspective to to choose to not listen to this I think you're totally right and it's almost like mm. this event or I guess it's not an event but just follow me it's almost like this needs a companion book to deal with the characters that are on the front line you won't convince me that, that that frontline books, like I agree with you, they're real good. I will always have a frontline book. Although I don't know if um, what's his face is alive in this this timeline. Yurik. Yurik, yeah. Why not? Or oh, his son. son. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cousin's daughter's second cousin or whatever. Right. The um the bit I really enjoyed in this book, and I did enjoy this issue. I just that that one bit kind of rang hollow for me. It was the Steve confronting Kamala Khan, who was a grown adult with kids at this point. Yo, yeah. Um, mm. and try and, and essentially telling her like, "Hey, I need you to throw your entire life away for this cause." Um, because if there's one person in Marvel Comics that would do that, it's someone like Kamala Khan. You know, the, this bastion of doing what's right. It's just now. She's got a little bit more skin in the game with having kids. 
and I really want to see where that ends up. Uh, an adult Kamala Khan has always kind of been a bit of a, a gag. I think we got her in like an Exiles run. It's like an alter, like an alternate future Kamala yeah. Khan. But this yeah. just feels like somebody who's not much older than me, you know, um, dealing with that. So that that interests me a lot. And the, the dynamics between Steve Rogers and Kamala Khan, I think, is a really good, not explored enough dynamic. I appreciated that sequence a lot. I I really hope they dig more into that, especially like the psychology of 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 that. Because when she started super heroics, it was easy. Um, you know, being a hero was in vogue, and she just had to keep the secret from her family. And eventually, that doesn't even matter. So for her, super heroics have been pretty easy. Now. The world has moved on from that. It's a different time, a different age, and she has kids. So how does stepping back into being a superhero change because of the circumstances that are different now? You know, Cap makes that sacrifice because it's the one he would always make. It's the one he has always made. Well, good news is she's on the cover of issue three. So, right. Yeah. You know, I, I really I really do like this. Um, I was a bit on the, and eh, this feels unnecessary side of things before the book dropped, especially knowing that it was written years ago. But I've been enjoying it a lot so far, and uh, I think Chip is doing a good job on the writing side of things. I just hope that, I don't know how long this is going to be, but I really, really hope that it has the time and space to be nuanced. And one thing I can give Chip too in this is that it doesn't feel like I feel like any other person writing this would be like, oh, here's this alternate version. Daredevil. Oh, wait, we already did that. But like just bombard you with all these older versions of characters. Um, and there's not many in this, really. Like we got a Thunderbolt team that is just a special ops military group. They're not, you know, it's not, you know, like actual villains or anything like that. Yeah, it's bullseye, but we never see his face, and he doesn't make a quip. So who cares? It's it's a woman. Well, it's just a, yeah. a sharpshooter. Yeah. Okay. We do get you know two very prominent Avengers villains. Yeah. Oh, you know, true, but yeah, I think we needed something like that to for that. Uh, you know, actually, I don't, and I feel like that kind of took me out of it a little bit. Um, because I like the idea that there that the problem is progress, not that progress is a problem, but that the way things have progressed naturally with no other influence is the problem and that people have changed and that opinions are different. I really didn't want it to be that there's a, you know, an old mastermind behind the scenes, just like it always is. Like if it's a new mastermind, Okay, but for it to just be the same old heroes versus the same old villains just a little later in time, eh, that intrigues me less. Uh, I'm, I'm with you half and half there. Uh, I really actually enjoyed that moment at the very least. Um, I thought that reveal of, of the Red Skull and Ultron was pretty cool. Um, and I, I kind of, I had to take a second and go back and take a second look at it. It just really worked for me. Um, but I definitely, 
I definitely see where you're coming from with that. Uh, I think I think what could be interesting, what could be interesting is to see how like the Red Skull is progress. Yeah, because the society and the people had to get to a point to even allow that kind of ideology to breed. So I still think you can have sort of what you're talking about, but also giving Captain America something to punch. But what's the ideology? I guess it would be the at the moment it seems like it would be the you know the anti superhero um, surveillance, right? Overreach, government overreach. I think they've got to take time to nail those things down. Yeah, and sure. Make it clear Definitely. what, who, what, when, where, why. Yeah. I don't feel like all those questions are answered yet. Some of that is obviously going to be deliberate, mm. but I think some of that information would help go a long way to making this, taking this from good to great, at least in my eyes. So still enjoying it. I definitely say pull, you know, I'm a big fan of Daniel Acuna. Um, Although I, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say this was always the best Acuna. There were times when I wasn't necessarily over the moon about the art. Um, I think some of the scenes that have like more stuff going on didn't land as well for me. Mm. But when it's like just people chit chatting, like, should I show this? I mean, yeah, we already said who's here. Like this whole sequence with Ultron and. All that, Red Skull, um, great stuff. The visuals are awesome. You know, he draws a damn good Ultron. At least an Ultron head. Kale, have you are, are you warming up to Acuna a bit in this? No. No, okay. No, not at all. There's nothing here that would make me that would make me think that a non Acuna fan would would want would would like this. Yeah. But pull. Yeah, it's a pull for me. I think like this is also going to be like just a good trade to have as well. Like I'm excited to put like a hardcover of this on my on my shelf. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll double dip. We'll see. Uh, James Jones says picked up the first Avengers Twilight because of the Cap Dark Knight cover and loved it. Love this issue as well. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot. There's definitely a lot to love here for sure. Um. Pete says, uh, Pete Collins in the chat. What's up, dude? Says the main bad. Looks like Baby Billy from the Righteous Gemstones, and I love it. Is that uh, here for that? Walter Goggins' character? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't even. I don't know anything about that. Um, I know that everybody wants us to get into the stack, and we will absolutely do that. I'm excited for it. Um, but before we do, I want to talk about something. And uh, it's just something that I've been thinking about this week. And it's the Suicide Squad game, the Kill the Justice League game that just came out. Oh, boy. Yeah. Now, I did not buy this game. I know better. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm annoyed. I'm a little annoyed by this game, I got to say. And I feel weird about it. So I figured we might as well talk about it. Are you annoyed that in the game called Suicide Squad to kill the Justice League, they have to kill the Justice League? Yep. Yep. Great. Discussion over. Let's see that stack. <laughs> Just kidding. Don't say it like that, Kale. That sounds a little like it sounds a little dirty when you say it. Show them floppies off, you know. 
I watched the final scene of the game. I won't spoil it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. It involves Batman. I'm not going to go out on a rant about whether or not it was, you know, what the motivations were behind that. I'll I'll just say that. I'm not going to get on a rant about that. I'm not going to assume the intent. I'm not interested in that. And actually, I don't even think there was anything malicious or negative behind it at all. And I think it's weird that people would think that. But Hmm. I don't understand why you would make a game where you take the characters that are the most beloved characters that you have, right? Some of the most beloved characters ever created in the history of creating characters. And you would put them in a game in which the player's job is to kill them. I don't get it. What would sell more? A game called Justice League where you just play as the Justice League or a game called Suicide Squad where you kill the Justice League? The latter. It's crazy to me that this game even got greenlit and people always bitch and moan about Marvel and Disney and what they allow and what they don't allow their IP to be used for. But I guarantee you there will never come a time in which there's a video game where you explicitly kill the Avengers. Or a video game in which you can't even fucking play as the Avengers. Yeah, because even as bad as like the Avengers reportedly was, you were still the Avengers. Like you got it was still a, a game where you were the Avengers. People desperate for a Superman game that doesn't suck. Can't get that. Desperate for a Wonder Woman game at all. Can't get... Well, it's coming eventually. Yeah, it's coming, yeah. Flash game. Could be the coolest game of all time. Can't get that. But you know what we can get? We can get a game in which fucking Harley Quinn is somehow equipped to kill Superman. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll buy that for 70 fucking dollars. Shove it up your ass. I'm on the opposite take of this, actually. <laughs> um, if I'm playing a game as a villain, which the Justice League are, I mean, the the, the Suicide Squad are, I want to try and kill the Justice League. And that's for, not that's a non-point, but go ahead. But, like, that's what I want to play. I want to have a full-on villain fantasy. If the, if, if the whole idea is that I'm playing as a villain and I don't get to do the villainous thing, then then it's just like, all right, what do I get locked up at the end of this? Like, what's the point story-wise, storyline-wise? Um, they even justify it because I think it's in the trailer, so I don't think it's a spoiler, but all the Justice League has been, have been infected by Brainiac, I believe. Right. Um, so, and it's like, they can't come back from this. Amanda Waller does something like what she did in Beast World. It's like, all right, just kill them all. It's fine. Um, I, I think that's fine. And I think that the, di- I think, I mean, I do have an issue with maybe Harley doing that because, because Harley is kind of one of the main characters here. Um, and she's kind of been positioned as this tweener type um but i like the idea of maybe trying to figure out how they do that i don't know i don't know how it happens i haven't played the game i don't know how you kill the flash i can understand how you try and kill batman he's a human but like how do you how do you try and kill the fastest man alive i don't know how that how that's happened how that's achieved but that's interesting to me how do these four nobodies get the ability to do such a thing how do they kill superman like what what is killer killers uh what king shark gonna do to do this um, my issue really is with the gameplay loop. That thing looks boring as hell. If you like rooftops and weird-looking aliens that repeat over and over again and you can shoot them, um, feel free. Captain Boomerang uses a gun in this. 
So what you're describing is like what you personally, like your personal fantasy, right? But what has the discourse been around this game? It's been completely negative. So what reason would there be? The game's not good, but also people feel like it's disrespectful. What happened here? I think the disrespectful thing comes with the fact that the the Kevin Conroy of it all, I think, that's always that seems to be tied to it a lot. It's like, oh, this is Kevin Conroy's quote unquote last appearance as Batman and bad things happen to Batman. Um like I don't think that's fair. It's not like they planned for that to happen. <laughs> um and there also is more appearances by Kevin Conroy. They've confirmed it in other media. So it's not his last last uh, appearance as Batman. I mean like what what happened in Justice? Like Superman kills plenty of people. It's completely different. Is it? Yeah, it's 150 million. You can play as Superman. But you're playing an evil version of Superman who's a villain. But you're playing as Superman. You get to play as Superman. Then we'll wait for the Superman game to come out. This is the Suicide Squad game. I feel like your gripe is more the fact that the Suicide (laughs) Squad has a game more than before Superman does. No, my gripe is exactly what I said. You You don't have to, like, dissect my point. I said my point. My point is that you don't get to play as the Justice League. You kill the Justice League, which is ridiculous. And on top of that, they're the most popular characters that DC has access to. So instead of making a game about them, you make a game about killing them. If you're going to give the Suicide Squad their own game, who gives a shit? But this, as the concept, doesn't make any sense at all. Suicide Squad's a huge name for them, though. Oh, yeah. It's just as big as the league, right? Honestly? No, come on, Tyler. Come on, dude. I think, well, I th- so I don't, I, I, I disagree on. with that. I disagree with that statement. But the fact that they've had two movies already and those characters are huge now. Those characters aren't huge now. Suicide Squad's huge, dude. No, they're fucking not. They're carried on the back of Harley Quinn. That doesn't negate the fact that they're big. They're, they are a well-known property. They, my man, they're not a well-known property. That's just a, that's just a wrong take. That's a wrong. There's two films no. about the Suicide Squad. So what? There's merch everywhere. So the Suicide what? Squad. That isn't the they're known. The fact that they're they're, well the known. Suicide Squad. The movie that how much movie mm-hmm. how much money did that movie make? I don't know. I want to know that. You're making the statement. You said that they're known by everybody. So back up. Your I statement. said they're you well said known. It. First of all, not well not known by everyone. So of course you're gonna put out a game about the Suicide Squad. You put out two movies. Why wouldn't you put out a game? Okay. This Say feels like you ordered a, a cheeseburger Dude. and it said cheeseburger on the menu, and now you're annoyed you had a cheeseburger. I didn't buy the game, so I'm not annoyed. Well, I, I, had know, a I know none of us did. <laughs> so what are we really <laughs> complaining about? Yeah, well, I mean, look, you know, I came on here to make a statement. Go ahead, Kale. Yeah, look, like <laughs> the premise is utter bullshit. So the suicide kill the suicide squad killed the Justice League. The, the Justice League. It's overtaken by Brainiac, and they can't come back from this. Allegedly. That that doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah, our our point of view is Amanda Waller, so it's it's misconstrued already. And so there are no other leaguers in this universe where the Suicide Squad exists that right, will stop the Suicide point. Squad? Like, That's a good point. I, I just... This... Yeah, this, I, I, 
I, yeah, I have a, I, I think, mm -hmm. disrespectful, I don't know, but it definitely is like shitty to all of their properties. Yeah. Like, I just, it doesn't make sense. Like, it, like, why not just make a Suicide Squad game where you're, that's GTA, you know? I mean, based on the reviews, maybe that should have been the gameplay loop. That would be, that would be fun, <laughs> actually. That makes perfect sense to me. I think we can why all not? agree the, the actual game part of this looks like trash. It just, yeah, it just doesn't make sense. It it feels like edgy fuckboy material that bled over. Oh, I want to see Superman taking down a peg. That doesn't fine, but like you can't kill Superman. Like what? It's ridiculous. And also, Matt, who are you calling delusional? I don't know if you are confused, but this is my show, so thank you. Um. I'm going to get into the stack now. And I have quite a few books on hand this week. Um, I don't know if it's as many as the chat's been suggesting. We only have five this week. I called nine in the Discord. I have to stick by that. So Nine feels good. And also Suicide Squad made more money than Justice League. Just saying. But there are two Justice League movies, so. That are the same movie. So they, I would have thought they would have made more. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say ten. Okay, nine and ten. I see a twelve. I see a fourteen. Ooh, how does coming after you? By the way, Matt, you can always watch a different channel. That's totally cool. No problem. Um. Dan says I'm going low with eight. Yeah. That's my train of thought. Okay. Well, it's definitely not eight. I could say that. I can absolutely say that. So here what we I go. Say, what did I say? Ten? I think I said ten. Cool. We got the five books we read for the show. We got Wolverine, number 42, which I actually read. And it's pretty good. I loved it, actually. Yeah, really, really great. Six. Yeah. Uh, Batman Off World, number three, which I also read and was also great. Hmm. Good week for comics. Um, Duke, number two. Oh, sorry. Also read this, if you could believe that. Are you a certified Dookie now? I wouldn't say that. Okay. Most people aren't. It's not it's not hidden. Um Alan Scott Green Lantern. Didn't get to that one. Nine. A lot of people saying good things about that. Yeah, I mean the whole series has been good so far. Yeah. Uh World Tree number seven. So that's ten. Carnage number three. I lost here. Yep. And <laughs> Somna. Hell I read yeah. <laughs> I got the polybagged issue. Hell yeah. Like we just talked about the other week. Mm -hmm. 
Listen, I had to do it. I saw a poly bag. I had to buy it. I was going to buy it either way. I, I had an issue in hand. I had chosen my copy. And then I saw that there was a poly bag cover. And I put my copy down and I picked this fucker up. So I was going to open that book and just think one thing. I'm coming. Nobody can stop me. Nobody can hold me. Nobody can control me. I'm coming. Did you guys hear that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I got okay. Yeah. <laughs> So, that's 12. That's 12? Well, yeah. That's 12. Who wins? Did Marco? Uh... I don't know if Marco. James did. Jones nailed it. James Jones. Loaded so uh, Harvoke. yep. Man, James Jones with this, the comic book type name. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Well done. You, uh, you fellas get a no prize Marco. with well, Sean's autograph on it. Hey, listen. Absolutely. <laughs> I'd be happy to. Um, but I don't write in script, so. Yeah, no, uh, and you know what? You, I owe you guys some thanks because over the last few weeks, I come here and I show you the stack and I'm always saying like, oh, I haven't read this one or I don't know what's going on in this series or whatever. And I was like, you know what? No, I want to read some more of these books before I get on this show because I'm tired of not reading the books that I buy. So in a way, coming on here and doing this has already helped me it's been a form of therapy so thank you i have one question about this the sean stack journey it was originally an, an idea to keep you accountable for what you're purchasing correct yeah do you feel like it's making you buy more books now no no okay you're not like they're, so they're, into it now that okay i'm buying less books interesting okay you're buying less books but you're reading more books that's a win-win yeah these are all the same books I would have bought. I cut the fat from this week. There were a couple of books where I was like, oh, I want to get that. And then I thought, well, why? I was like, well, I don't actually know why. So what uh, can you think of what, what those were? Shit, man. I could pull up the list from the books that released this week and tell you directly. If it will load, uh, League of Comic Geeks will not load for me. That is so unfortunate. Yeah, dude, their site's down, I think. Was oh, okay. working for me either. Yeah. Perfect timing. So then I'll go on Midtown. Will that work? Yes. Okay. So let me just quickly look through this list uh, and see what I thought of picking up but didn't. Uh, oh, the Avengers Inc. number five, Wolverine 40th anniversary variant or whatever. What's on that since League is broken? It's the me. Infinity Gauntlet variant with wolverine at the center yes. of it where thanos yes, yes, yes. would be yeah that's a good book by the way avengers inc i'm not reading it and i didn't like the first issue so i i, I you know i stopped buying it but i was like oh i want to get this because this cover is so cool and then i thought wait i hated this issue why would i do that <laughs> i didn't hate it that's an exaggeration but um yeah so i passed on that i passed on like the marvel legends the the marvel voices legends like i'm tired of buying those books Mm. Um, I, yeah, I passed on a few things. It just you know, it gets to be like you're just buying books just to buy them. I have another question. Then, do you find the yeah. books that you're passing on are more of the big two books, or are you also passing on a lot of indie books that you would have otherwise picked up? It's a good question. Uh, it's a mix. It's been a mix. Some of the books that I have passed on are number ones from. 
outside the big two or even in the big two that I would normally buy simply because they're number one that I'm evaluating on like, okay, do I care about the premise? Is the cover good if I don't know the premise? And so I'm trying to not buy a book if I don't feel like I'm buying it because I'm going to want it. Um, But some of them have been books that like the, the Power Girl. There's a great example. Power Girl, number one from this league. Mm. I saw I saw what Atomic Hound and another listener whose name I can't remember right now, I'm sorry, put in our Discord about the variant covers that they have of Power Girl and Black Canary. And I was like, well, holy shit, these are phenomenal. I want to get involved with this. And I saw a perfect opportunity here with Power Girl uncovered number one. There was a great variant that I really wanted. And I said, you know what? No, I'm not going to make this horny purchase. I'm going to pass. And you made the other horny purchase by buying Somna. All right. Well, yeah. yeah. But that was a book <laughs> I was going to buy anyway. To be fair, that Power Girl is just a book of covers. <gasps> Thank God I didn't get that. Yeah. The the Uncovered series is a series of covers inside the book, I believe. Oh, Correct me if I'm wrong, right chat. God. But I'm pretty sure that is not an actual comic book. Oh, I almost screwed that myself. I would have pissed you off if you did that. Yes, and you know what's even worse about that, Tyler, is I wouldn't have even realized it until I decided to read the fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and who knows? To be honest, would that day ever come? Exactly. <laughs> who knows when that would have happened? So he went and got an adult porn book, like a um Trinity special. I passed on that too, because why would I buy it? Um, and some other things. I'm not going to run down the whole list, but yeah. Any so- uh. Aaron Ruiz wanted to know any double dipping this week. No double dipping this week. None this week, but next week has some potential. Cause I saw, I saw some, uh, some covers for Thundercats. I don't give a fuck about Thundercats, but I saw some, some Thundercats covers that look pretty cool. And then also ultimate black Panther comes out. So I don't know what the covers look like, but I might have to double dip there as well. I know Ultimate Spider-Man got you with those multiple covers, right? Probably going to get me again, man. At least X-Men won't, apparently. So, X-Men is lucky that they get the purchase at this point. Lucky. Yeah, dude. Jeez. Um, yeah. Uh, Rami says they bought the Trinity book. Big mistake. It's only like six pages of new material. Is it all the backups? It's the backups, yeah. and then it's the uh, the the prelude that Tom King had done. That I think the one that shows us the Sovereign speaking with Trinity. Uh, yeah, like oh, the very is that first like in part, eight hundred or something, the, the, the three ropes or whatever. I yeah. think I think that's what it is. Yeah. Ew. Uh, no Styles, no no Thundercat slander. I, I I don't have an opinion. I just don't I don't know anything about it. I've never like I never watched the show or anything. I'm, but we're we're gonna talk about the book. I'm excited to read the book. I just don't have an opinion. Thundercats fucking rule. Awesome, and it's and it's um it's Declan Shalvey who we love. So I also recommend listening to Thundercat. Great artist. I recommend listening to the song Thundercats by uh, Ryan K. Tremendous song. All right. The next time that we will be live with you. Is this Saturday at 10.15 a.m. Eastern. Come hang out with us as we eulogize the DCEU and say goodbye to... Uh, we'll, we'll be nice today and say an uneven era 
of DC films as we prepare for the James Gunn era of things, which will kick off next year with Superman Legacy. So that should be a fun conversation. we got a lot of other things going on. We're going to be spinning the wheel like we did last time if we hit the likes goal. So lots of fun to be had on over there. Patreon.com slash the comics pals. Make sure that you head on over there. Subscribe for free because now you can vote. Well, you can nominate a book for the book club poll. Absolutely free. All you have to have is an account on Patreon and uh, be subscribed to us. And you can, you can, uh, Choose any Superman book you want and nominate it. Whatever gets the most noms is what's going to make the poll. So we're trying to get more of you into the fold. Uh, and if you want to support us on Patreon, you can do that as well. Up to you. Thanks to all of our channel members and everybody who showed up to watch us today. Really, really appreciate you being a part of this. Uh, we will see you on Saturday. Until then, take care, guys. See you next week.